Welcome to the professional risk takers. Business, mindset, entrepreneurship, and leadership. What's up, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Professional Risk Takers podcast. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Lorenzo. And today uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, it's a friend of mine. His name is Felix Damaro. He's an author of uh, the eight books you see right here. And, um, you know, him and I have, have had chit-chats here and there about his, his writing and, and, and the books he's written and, and, you know, how he came up and, and why he, he got into writing. But I want to dig a little bit de- deeper with him today. And, you know, Lorenzo, you know, you can ask Absolutely. him questions. And, Absolutely. Uh, We're going to be having a good conversation yeah, tonight. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks so, again for being on the show. No problem. Glad yeah, to be yes. here. Thanks for having me. Yes. I really just, uh, I'm just going to hand the mic to you, really. Um, just introduce us. Uh, who are you and why, why the writing? Who are you? Such a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a deep one. Okay. So um, my name is Felix I.D. DeMero. I am um, an author of eight books. Um, they all fall into, under the umbrella of psychological fiction. So my writing ranges from horror to sci-fi to urban fantasy. And um, a lot of my books have to do with um, mental health and people's personal struggles and how they overcome those struggles or how those struggles sort of bury you if you don't um, take care of yourself in the right way mentally. Right. Interesting. Okay, so so it's pretty deep, this stuff. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, right. I, there's sometimes people will, will approach me and say, should I read this book? Should I read that book? And I have to warn people um, right. that it's very dark, dark writing. It's very... Um, introspective, psychological, and I have a trigger warning at the beginning of almost every book because I don't want people to feel ambushed by the by the stuff that I'm that I'm writing and the contact that I'm, the content that I'm presenting because mm-hmm. it is pretty heavy stuff. So you touched on the, the mental health aspect. How does that tie in with the books that you're writing and like the whole message behind the books? Like, what? How does that fit into everything? I feel like everything we do in life has to do with mental health, right? Like, and we're starting to, sh- to show, to shine a spotlight more on that these days as people are becoming more aware and people are becoming less resistant, uh, to talking about mental health. So most of my stories do have a mental health component that, that sometimes comes from my own personal life. Like if I'm mm-hmm. going through something that is, um, that is difficult and I don't know how to express myself or I don't feel like I have anybody that I can speak to. Sometimes I'll just go on my computer and write something like Start writing, exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I feel like storytelling has always been since the beginning of time. We're all writing, um, we're all writing analogies for life. We're writing things that, um, that, that, that we see that trouble us, that concerns us, that we're worried about and that we want to get out there so that other people can see this message and sort of relate to it in a way that's not quite in your face. So you can write an interesting story about somebody's psychological decay, but it's not like reading a textbook, right? So you have Mm -hmm. this message out there that this is what you kind of have to do to take care of yourself, but don't fall down these, these, um, these holes and don't, don't get yourself in trouble by ignoring the things that you need to do. And it could be presented in sort of a, in a fun way. I know I said that it's super dark and heavy, but there is a lot of fun in these books if you have a sort of twisted sort of uh, mentality. So would you describe these books, in your own personal opinion, more as uh, an outlet for you or is it, it, I'm assuming it's an outlet for sure. I mean, that's a given, but is it, could it also be some, someone could read this and, you know, find comfort in something they're going through or is it, would it be an outlet for them or is this strictly, do you just write, you know, for the sake of, you know, you know, I'm not saying you're not trying to help people, but can people be helped with these books if they're going through something? For sure. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm not going to say they're self-help books or anything no, like no, that, no. but my whole thing is whenever you're writing, no matter what you're writing, if you're writing music, you're writing movies, you're writing books, fiction, you want people to relate. You want people to mm -hmm. be able to pick up the book and say, listen, I can see a bit of my life in these pages. I can see my struggle here. Right. This person is hitting on exactly what I've been going through or something similar to what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to this. And it, I believe that's what has drawn my readers back to my book. So a lot of them do touch on specific traumas from my life, but I do try write in a way, write in a way that is relatable to everybody, or at least I try to relate to as many people as I can. That's right. awesome. That's awesome. And then that's kind of what we were thinking about too, like just before the show, like what drew you to this genre of type of writing really? Like, was it the mental health aspect or was it something more like, what drew you to writing about this? Yeah, can you go a little deeper? Like, yeah. was it a personal experience? Was it something that happened recently? Was it mm -hmm. something happened? Uh, is it something that happened to you? Is it something that you noticed, you know, in the world? Um, what, what was the trigger? What was the trigger for you to jump into this side of uh, this genre? Sorry, of writing. Mm -hmm. It was um, dealing with a lot of issues. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect to be a writer of fiction. Like, I, I knew I had writing ability. Like, mm -hmm. even when it came to writing reports at work, I knew. Every time I wrote something, people would say, oh, you're a talented writer. But I didn't believe that I would have eight mm. books out yeah. um, until I was going through a few things between 2013 to 2018. Like there was a lot of um, ups and downs, a lot of hard times. And I found that whenever I was dealing with something really difficult, I would go to my computer and I would just write out a story. And it wasn't like I was writing for anybody. It wasn't like I believed anybody would read these stories. It was like, okay. I've been a, a reader my entire life. I know how to um, to appreciate a story and appreciate the subtext of a story and, and what an author is trying to say. So I just wanted to write these stories and put out my own message, right? right. And sort of help myself heal in that process. And it wasn't a cure for everything that I was going mm -hmm. through, but it was it, it was nice. It so was it like, came naturally to you. It, it's it kind of what you felt you just it was going to help you with, with what you were going through. And that's, that was the, the outlet you kind of turned to. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't even something I thought about. It was just, Hey, I have this idea. I don't know how, I don't know really where to go with it. I'm there. And this was like 2013, 2014, there wasn't as much talk about mental health. So I'm like, okay, if I, if I can't feel like I can go to my friends and my it. family about it, it. Yeah. I'm just going to do and that's how some of the that best things start. Mm -hmm. You know how many stories I'm sure you've heard some of the right. you, you, you too, like, so many success stories that I've heard is it just started out as this or it just started out as that. I had, you know, I was, I was blogging and 10 people started viewing and then right. all of a sudden they have 10,000 and then 100,000. Yeah. So it's, it's usually when, you know, they, even, when, even when it comes to love, it's when you're not looking for it, right? So, some, so this so is true. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't wake up one, say, one day and say, you know, I'm going to be, uh, you know, the next Harry Potter writer, right? It's, it's, this is something that came naturally to you. You enjoyed it. You were good at it. And look what it snowballed into. So, like, I love that story. That's 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 super cool. And Thank I have you. to believe too, like, when it's coming from you from personal experience, that's your emotion is coming out. Like, that's the real you. Like, mm -hmm. your your freedom of expression. Like, has writing always been your method of expression, or have you had other avenues that you've used to express yourself and how you're feeling? I'm going to say writing has been my healthiest uh, way okay. of expressing <laughs> myself. So, okay. <laughs> when I was young, I didn't I didn't handle things the best way. Um, okay. I was I was high stress. I think you've mentioned your high stress oh, yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. and I didn't really know how to cope. So there was a lot of um, there was a lot of like problems at school. I would be suspended a lot. If a teacher said something that I didn't like, I would, instead of having a conversation, I would like yell at the teacher and, and right. walk out of the classroom. Right? right. And I got to a point where I realized I can't, I can't deal with things that way. Right. So 
tying yourself down to a process like writing, it takes patience, right? And mm -hmm. that patience from writing, from editing, from publishing, from marketing, it sort of permeates into your own life. So through writing, I've become a more patient person. And mm -hmm. through my characters, that's interesting. I've Amazing. learned how to cope. That's super, super cool. Yeah. That's, um, that's an interesting story. Uh, what, do you mind me asking, what was the first year you started writing? Like say, before the first published book, like when did you really put pen to paper and say, this is going to be a book? Well, like how long ago was that? We're 2022 now, so that's a tough question. Like, um, when I first thought, okay, I'm going to make this into a book and I'm going to put this out there, it was 2019, early 2019. Wow, okay, so this is fairly recent. Fairly recent. The pandemic helped. I hate to say that because it's a no, pandemic, no. You know, right? right? You know but. how much good came from the pandemic. I know if you want to look at the glass half full, I think there was a lot of a lot of people did put that time to good use. And, and maybe do things that they wouldn't have done otherwise, mm -hmm. otherwise, right? right? Yeah. So no, it's, um, that's, that's super cool. When you say when you were younger, you didn't deal with things right. And you was like very emotional, you know, I don't have to use the word emotional, but what emotion was it? Was it anger? Mm -hmm. Was it depression? Was it sadness? Was it, was it frustration? Like it was a lot of things. I, um, I was dealing with, um, general anxiety disorder. Um, I was dealing with Depre chronic depression, dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm -hmm. and insomnia. So I was a, a... And you still have trouble sleeping. Yeah, like, I still I have trouble today. sleeping. We have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and it went undiagnosed until 2013. So that was sort of like a milestone year. It was like, right. I finally got to figure out what was going on with me. And it helped me to, to realize... Um, why as a kid there was anger why mm. there there was so many things that i was go that that i was struggling with there was anger there was sadness i've had a lot of loss in my life in my in my family i lost my brother when i was 12 um i dedicate all of my books to him right um Beautiful. and yeah so there was just a lot of things that i was dealing with as a kid that my family and my friends weren't equipped to help with in the school right. systems <laughs> Don't get me started. Exactly. Right. So they, they're not <laughs> yeah. really equipped to help somebody like me. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of dealing with things by myself. And that turned into a lot of hostility, right? Like I, I've never been a violent person. I've never been that sort of person. But there was just, there was always this, this simmering sort of, of, of discontent, mm -hmm. this simmering discontent where it's like I just didn't know what was wrong and I didn't know how to make myself feel better. And then I wrote my first book, How to Make a Monster, which is, um, it's, it's an anthology with eight stories in it, and a lot of them have to deal with the things that I was going through. And I realized that really helped me, like just sitting down, figuring out what's going on. So even if you can't talk to somebody, you can always talk to yourself in a healthy way. Don't start arguing with yourself. Right? <laughs> you know what's funny? It's already on that. I just actually bought a book today. It says... Mm -hmm. Um, the things you say when you talk to yourself. It's just, yeah. uh, just funny you brought that up. Like, earlier today, I just ordered this book on Amazon literally about that topic. But, and uh, I think it's super important to talk yeah. to yourself because yeah. sometimes there's not a, a lot, there's not people around to check you, to sort of tell you you're doing this wrong or right. this mm -hmm. is an incorrect way of thinking. So if I'm thinking of something and I sort of veer off a path that I feel like uh, is a positive one, I have this sort of mantra in my mind and it's like wasted thought, waste of time. So I'm trying not to waste my thoughts. So right. I, I try to, to direct everything towards my goal or towards something positive. So I'm not right. just sitting here. A lot of the things that I would do in the past was I would dwell. I would dwell right. on old things that would happen. I would feel um, upset about, about slights that happened in the past. Me so too. now when I start to think about those things, the, mat the mantra kicks in and it's wasted thought, waste of time, refocus on something right. else. And one of my books, the, my second book, Bug Spray, 
I wrote that when I was, um, I was unfairly let go of a job, let go from a job. And I sat down and I was really going through a depressive state. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was almost like a little voice um, that, that started in my head. Mm -hmm. And it said, it's like a gnat inside your head, a little gnat that wants you dead. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I, I started to think of psychological issues as sort of like an infestation of insects. So that's what that book became. It's, it's sort amazing. of this person yeah. dealing with an infestation that is both like a supernatural um, haunting as well as his own psychological demons, right? So I faced what I was going through. Um, and in that book, I included about 40 different little mantras that this character who's very neurotic, he's a very neurotic character, um, used in his personal life. And I have a list of those mantras at the end of the book so that people, if they did find them useful throughout the book, they can see the actual list of mantras that this person used mm -hmm. um, to help himself uh, get his goals. This is super right. cool. Cool. And it's interesting because, like, you know, we touched on it just a bit there about, like, how before it wasn't so much talked about mental health. Yes. It was more something of, I don't know if it was misunderstood or just wasn't given the proper attention. And do you feel like when you're writing, you're giving it the proper attention with the books? I try to. I think it, not, I'm not going to say it was misunderstood. I feel like sometimes people didn't want to understand it. Like there's an intentional um, pushing aside of mental health issues. It was because, dismissed. Exactly. It yeah. was dismissed because a lot of people equate mental health issues with weakness. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to show is that's not the case. There's people um, that go through things and you can see how they become as messed up as they become. Um, so a lot of my books are from the perspective of really rotten characters. So mm -hmm. like you'll read these characters and you'll be like, Oh, these are people I'm not supposed to like. But my favorite compliment that I get from any of my readers is, I thought this character was a terrible person, but I related to them. Or I felt bad for them at the end. And right. I'm not trying to justify bad behavior. I'm just trying right. to show these are the steps exactly that lead to somebody's downfall. Right. Let's avoid these steps so that we don't have that inevitable downfall. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's never like a singular moment or event. It's... I think we all need to appreciate when it comes to mental health, it's like there's things that build up. Exactly. Right? And it's it's over a period of time and you know, people get weighed down or or like you said, like anxiety is is a major issue. Like and these are things that take major take a toll on people. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, like you can't just dismiss people like before with someone with depressive, like, oh, just get out of bed, you'll be fine. Exactly. That is such and you a don't know where people come from, right? Like the, the term product of your environment is, is very true, right? Yeah. No one, it sounds like a cliche saying, but like you don't know someone's story. You don't know what they're going through. You don't right. know what they've been through. Some people are just good at faking a smile, right? And it's like you don't know what they went through from age 1 to 10 or 10 mm -hmm. to 15. Like it's, there's some deep and dark shit that happened to some people, right? Yeah, and, that's right. And, you know, yeah. they, they put yeah. on this suit and it may, you, you just you never know. So. People can hide it well, and it's and it's it's, it's good that, that we're talking like you know mental health. I I believe it was dismissed for a while, and now it's Definitely. becoming a little bit more aware. And you're right, it it, it, it it people do look at it as weakness sometimes, right? Yeah. And it shouldn't be 100 percent no, shouldn't. Not be. at all. And even more so. I don't know. But you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like even more so in, in men too. Yeah, it's like yeah. you gotta oh, have this you know this bravado, like, yeah, Stone Age like yeah. Hercules thing, and like. I don't know. I mean, it's super unhealthy. It is. <laughs> yeah, it unhealthy. is. It is. I, I think that that just leads to more pressure, 100%, right? So, and, yeah. and if you're already, you know, trying to overcome or work through something, just having that mis that conception of like, oh, I got to be Mister, you know, 
know-it-all or that bravado that doesn't help. Is there any of the books that really speak to you the most, or is there any one in particular that is closest to you? It would be How to Make a Monster. The first one, um, right? The first one, the, okay. anthology, the anthology that I wrote about um, just the different things that I was working through. So there's a story in there about a kid who um, felt like nobody could hear him. It's called Casper. So he, he saw himself as a ghost. Mm -hmm. And then you go through um, his life, and you see exactly what builds him towards doing this terrible thing that he does in the book. And um, that's one of the stories that people have approached me with and they're like, oh man, that's, that's dark, but I really loved it and I really could relate. So mm -hmm. there's just different things where I try to channel myself, not like I'm putting my personal life out there, right. but it's just, I'm, I'm seeing the things that affected me and I'm trying to place them out there in a way that people can relate, as I mentioned before. And I love uh, this. Is, this is amazing. This is, this is such a so, so such great information. And I love how you mentioned you kind of have you you're self aware, right? You, mm -hmm. And this is something I've been working on a lot lately. Like I would say in the last three to four mm -hmm. months, this is like all I've been reading, all I've been studying, just being self aware, kind of training your subconscious to like notice certain things and not notice others because negativity and positivity are kind of what you tell yourself. And then when you tell yourself these things your subconscious goes to work and finds them, right? So when you yes. notice the psychological infestation, that's you being self-aware, that's you tapping yourself on the shoulder and being like, this is, this is what's going on. Like, exactly. I'm better than this. I can rise above. Exactly. So like, I just wanted to touch on that and just say, like, I, I appreciate that. I understand it more mm -hmm. than ever, actually, in the last few months. And it's something I'm working on myself because I am very prone. I was. I would, I would say um, I was very prone to just jumping to the negative for everything and, and just realizing or, or noticing the negative and everything and not, and not catching it and letting it snowball and get worse. And just because you start inviting that into your, in, as soon as you start thinking it, your, your subconscious accepts it. Mm -hmm. yes. When it accepts it, it starts noticing it more. So it's, right. it's, it snowballs. And if you can catch that in time, that infestation, as you call it, which I love, it's, it's a skill. It's a, it's a skill that can be trained. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's almost like you create your own reality, really. Mm -hmm. And, and I found like the more you dwell on the negative, it's almost like that's what permeates even easier almost. Like yeah. that, that's what takes over. So it's, it takes effort to, like you said, have that mantra or like having that positive mindset and just yeah. being able to be like, yo, listen, I got to stop. Like this is leading me the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me if you guys agreed. And this is something I actually read yesterday in a book, Think and Grow Rich. It's on, I'm just, I just finished it. I was on right. the last chapter and negative emotions, negative thoughts, negative feelings, they come naturally to you and you don't have to work on them. They just yes, come. That's right. Whereas versus the positivity, the positivity, the positive emotions, the positive thoughts, this is something you have to work on. Yes. It, it, you know, mm -hmm. it's for some weird reason, us I as know. humans, the negativity comes easier than yeah. the positivity, right? Yeah, so, right? So it's like you can just be sitting there and be looking at something. You, so it reminds you of a negative thought and then boom, boom, boom. It's just, it's part of you. Whereas right. positive, like you got to reaffirm. You got to, you got to speak to yourself, as you say, you exactly. know, not in, a, not in a crazy way. Yeah. But, right. But it's positivity takes work. Negativity comes easy. So yeah, you got to be on right. top of it, right? That's, that's, right. A, that's it's strange, the human condition. That yeah. It's like yeah. that. And I, I genuinely envy people that are naturally positive because that's, yeah, man. it's such mm -hmm. a difficult thing to build towards. It takes a lot of work. And that's yeah. why so many people just fall into the negative, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you right. see the way the world is right, right. now. It's just, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. yeah. There's oh, yeah. so many Ooh, negative things cool. right now. But, but and it's, a, and it's a real thing. It, it's, it's in our society. Like so many people, they do suffer with it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they suffer alone mm -hmm. and, you know, not to have someone to talk to, not to have an outlet. That is, uh, that's very hard. Yeah. That's very hard for people to deal I with. I know before we, we got this going, Lorenzo was asking you, does it do all these, do these books tie into each other? 
um, mm. is there a story? Is it like a series? Like you want to you want to touch on that a bit? So I'm writing a couple of different like overall universes, right? So there there are characters that will pop in um, from one book to the other. Sometimes right. it'll be randomly. Sometimes you'll know that they're coming. But I I just like to keep. Um, it's almost sort of like rewarding. I don't want to say rewarding the readers because that sounds sort of egotistical, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like if you've been paying attention, you'll appreciate um, mm-hmm. the little references and Easter eggs to the different books, right? And it's also, you guys are professional risk takers. You guys talk about making money and marketing and things like that. Yeah, it's right. also yeah. a way to market, right? So oh, yeah. right. if I have one book um, and it ties into another, it's more likely that one that a person will read that book. And I can mention at the end, hey, if you like this you, you'll nice. find something similar in this book, right? So it's it's a way to sort of use one book to market the next one. Do you right. recommend starting from one to eight or does it matter? It doesn't Good really question, matter. Yeah. I feel like um, if you're going to read all of my work, you should read How to Make a Monster, but right. How to Make a Monster is super dark, so I do have to warn people. Otherwise, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter which order like, you Even the cover art on some of this is super cool. Thank this you. Is, this is awesome. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll touch on this as we close later on but this is this is this is good stuff and then also you mentioned music you did some music or something for a yeah yes. like I, like i said i've been writing pretty much i've been writing in some capacity for a long long time and it started um well in my teen years i was a hip-hop artist a rapper and i <laughs> he's smirking yeah, <laughs> because here's there's the a story here <laughs> there's, there's a lot and i was just talking to my friend about hip-hop and music in jamaica they just banned all music that uh that glorifies gun violence that glorifies Vibes crime tell and he's not yeah yeah they they banned everything so they don't right. want to show because of of all the gun violence and all the the issues that they're having there right and um that was one of the things that i found with hip-hop i found that as soon as i i got into that machine i was expected to be a certain way and I hated that expectation. So right. that's sort of why I fell out of love with hip hop. It wasn't, there wasn't enough positivity, right? And it's difficult and to be, soul, right? Right. Yeah, going, it's yeah. difficult to be a positive person or try to make yourself more of a positive person when you're surrounded by so much negative and when that negative is encouraged, right? right. So, um, that was my, that was my issue with hip hop. It didn't allow me to be expressive enough in a way that I believed that people would take seriously. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, I so believe... it was like the stereotype around it. You didn't want to be a part of exactly. like, in a sense and, exactly. and, and, and stereotype or not, it's still, I'm the same. Like I've, I've slowed down on listening to rap. I've slowed down on listening to heavy metal. I, I get up in the morning. I listen to me and him, me and Lorenzo. Oh, yeah. we, t- we text each other every morning, every early, morning. early morning mm-hmm. and late at night. Check this podcast out. Check, and it's usually mindset podcast or nice. business podcast. Right. Because truthfully, I, I noticed when I get up and I listen to rap in the morning, like it sets the tone for the day. If I listen mm-hmm. to metal, sometimes I would put on metal because I'm angry and get yeah. more angry. Exactly. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm yeah. like, I'm just feeding Definitely. the fire here. Exactly. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so. And it's what you feed your brain with. You know, like yeah. if you, if that's why we message each other too. It's, it's like start our day off with something positive or something educational, something that'll benefit us yeah. for the day. And then we check into a night, same thing. Like, you know, I, I watch this as really good. We, we share a point. But on that note too, like music is very powerful. Like I've, mm-hmm. music's been part of my life, like forever. Mm-hmm. I, and I love all genres of music, but it is true. Certain musics, it does entice a certain emotion mm-hmm. and if it's going to be negative, there's certain musics that I've had to cut out too because music it wasn't is, benefiting me. And I, sorry, go ahead. Go I ahead, just no. want to say I'm not. I'm not like. Can we swear? Yeah, man. Yep. I'm not shitting on hip hop. I think yeah, hip hop no, is important. I think hip hop is super um, time and necessary. Place. But 
the hip hop that is mainstream that is put out is controlled by a certain amount of people that want to put out a certain amount of image of the artists, right? Mm-hmm. Like these big record companies, they're not they're not pushing positive hip hop because there is positive mm-hmm. hip hop, mm-hmm. just nobody's really listening <laughs> yeah, to it, right? right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's it's when you see the machine. It's not what they're you, pushing, right? Exactly. When you see that the machine is trying to perpetuate and 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 influence the negative in in our society and in black society especially, mm-hmm. it's sort of like I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something else that's positive. So I did write music that was more clever, more topical, not so much gang related stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I did a really good job, but at the end, it was just I didn't fit into that into right. that culture because you have to have sort of um a bullish mentality and you still do when you're doing anything right, right. but with hip-hop you have to be um you have to be hard as nails basically mm-hmm. and you have to there's a lot of people out there trying to prove that they're that they're tough even if they they aren't in hip-hop sort of i found a lot of the people that i was um working with working around they were doing things to try to portray an image that yeah, they, yeah, that yeah. they weren't right so it's just i wanted to be genuine to myself and i didn't feel like that was allowing me to be and I was just thinking about music in general, like, like obviously all kinds of music to whatever person's type and whatever. But talking about like mental health and things like that, like, do we like? I don't know. I'm going to ask it to you guys. Do you see the industry pushing just mass production stuff that is not like genuine? It's more just like mass produced, and in, in all genres of music, really. I think. I think they're going, they're evol- they have to evolve as the world evolves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even techno, you listen to techno in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's way different than it is today, man. It went from like trance right. to whatever, to hard style. Right. To, I mean, as generations you know, are born and grow up, and it's, they push, it's a business. Yeah. Ultimately, everything is a business. This is my opinion. Ultimately, everything's a business, and, and producers and banks and, and, and rappers and, and metal, they're going to go where the money is for the yeah. most part. I mean, this is awesome because you're staying true to what feels natural to you, what you want to put out into the world. But a lot of people are just, it's, it's the big money they're going yeah. after, right? So yeah. they mm-hmm. don't care. It's what's, who's writing the checks, where's yeah. the money coming from? So it, yes, you're it right. It feels like mass production to yeah. me, right? Yeah. When, I, when, yeah. when I see that. Yeah. It's all very formulaic. Like they figured out what works, what sells, and then right. they've just been repeating that for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And hip hop has changed, yeah. like not in a great way, because I don't even understand what rappers are saying these days. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, but you see it going more towards what you said, mass production, and just um, playing, repeating, sort of, and regurgitating the hits that have worked in the past. That you might put a little bit of a spin on it, but it's still the same same thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing really. Um, that's too innovative. Like you'll hear a lot of mumble rappers or a lot of remixes and it, remixes. They just, they all, remixes. It sounds like the same song. I couldn't tell you one rapper from the other. Back in the day, there were so many distinct styles. Yeah. Right? Oh, so it's I'm, now becoming just more. Who are some of your favorite rappers? If you don't want me asking them, um, man, if you have to, to pick two or three, just you you know, maybe not in any order. Just some people you would throw on. You know, if you're driving. What hurts my soul is Kanye West came to mind, yeah. and now he's just jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kanye West was a big influence of mine back when I was rapping, um, but not anymore. Uh, Jay Z, mm-hmm. obviously, Eminem was one of my yeah, favorites yeah. as well. Yeah. Then you get into guys like Nas and Mob Deep. So I, I have three older brothers, and I listen to a lot of what they listen to. Yeah. And I that's, watch. What I, that's what I was that's listening what I was to. Nas, yeah. Nas, I'm like Mob Deep, Eminem, yeah. Uh, Tupac. How did I not say Tupac? Yeah, Tupac, yeah. Tupac yeah. for um, sure. Okay, so we're kind of all on the same page. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's and talking cool. about like risks, you know, like pro risk takers and all that. Like, what are some of the risks that you know maybe you've encountered during your journey of being an author? 
I feel like this entire journey has been a risk. Like I said, I suffer from um, general anxiety disorder. And before I started putting up books, I couldn't even write a post. Like I, like like I would Instagram like an Facebook? Instagram or yeah. Facebook mm-hmm. post. Like I would go to make a post online and I would just be uh, like, I'd be a puddle of sweat in my nervous chair. To, right. Nervous, nervous to, to, put anything, yeah, yeah. to put anything out there. So, because of what other people thought? But, uh, because of, it's a lot of things. It's because of what other people think and it's because of the way that you see yourself. If you're not confident in yourself, you'll mm-hmm. never believe that anybody right. will believe in you, right? So I was seeing a therapist at one point and they were just like, post stuff just start posting make mistakes so there was a run of like three or four years where i was just posting a (laughs) bunch of i'm sure i said that's amazing terrible things face the but what i realize is that it it pays to be self-deprecating so i've had a lot of negative experiences so i went from a place where um if something negative happened to me I would just internalize it and be upset about it and sort of stew on it and Mm -hmm. it would just fester and make myself worse. So what I started to do is if I had a negative experience, I would go on Facebook and write a a mini little story and try to find the funny in it. So I would Mm -hmm. try to poke fun at something that happened. Um, I would try to not take it too seriously. And even now, like if something happens, I'll try to find a little bit of joke, try to find what is humorous in the situation. It may still be frustrating, but it's Mm -hmm. not something that's going to eat me alive because at the end of the day, one of the things that I realize as I'm, as I'm doing all of this is not much matters. Like there's a very few things in life that (laughs) genuinely matter. And people I find are bogged down with caring about the shit that just doesn't matter at the end of the day. You have your health, you have your family, you have your goal, you have a purpose. Those are the things that matter. So I try to focus, again, I don't want to waste thoughts. I don't want to waste time. I want to focus on the things that matter. And when you're able to do that and separate the bullshit from the the, the concrete things in life, I find that you're able to make some progress. So why, yeah. man? And I feel too like you're so on point with that because there's so much pressure in society in general to just either be a certain way or look a certain way or be accepted, Yes, you know, and people struggle with being their genuine self, which, you know, seeing, you know, with all the books that you've put out, like totally different story, like you're being your true genuine self mm-hmm. in doing this. And that takes a lot of courage because a lot of people wouldn't do that. And you seem to be comfortable mm-hmm. doing it now. I mean, maybe it's I'm made... glad you think so. <laughs> hey man, yeah, I, mean, it's, I mean, I don't, I think, I think it's a good thing to always be trying to get better and, and no matter what we're doing, yeah. but I mean, you're built every every book you put out. You're instilling this into your identity. You're building more confidence, right? Yeah, right. You, you say you're going to do something, you do it, and again, back to your subconscious. Now you've told your subconscious that you've followed through with this goal, right? So I think, not think, I know that one of the biggest things to instilling self confidence is keeping promises that you make to yourself. Not forget what you tell other people. Yes, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you start to build, build a reputation with yourself, right? Exactly. And you learn to trust you, and this, and when you trust you, you build self confidence. So you you've published eight freaking books, man. This is insane. It's amazing. Thanks. So like I'm, t- I'm telling you, you probably have more self confidence than you even give yourself credit for. And and this is how you do it. Right. I appreciate that, and I'm glad you mentioned it because um, I feel like self reflection is underrated. Like I feel mm-hmm. like people do things. They don't understand why they do them and then they just keep doing them. I feel like if you just pause for a moment and really think, Mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Why is this making me feel this way? I still, I still struggle. And sometimes I'll find myself in a funk and then I'll retrace my steps. I'll be like, why am I feeling this way? And with depression, you don't, there doesn't have to be a reason, but a lot of times there is a little bit of a trigger or you, you could find the little, little identifiers that, that sort of may have pushed you in a direction that leads you into spiraling. It's like, okay, when I sit and I reflect and I look back, 
and I see it's this little thing that's causing all of this chaos in my mind, this thing doesn't really matter that much. Right. And I try to, to reevaluate how I'm approaching the rest so that I don't have to spin and spiral. Yeah. And it's like we said, like the negativity is so easy. And I th feel too like, you know, anxiety and depression or things that, you know, even I faced even just a few years ago. And the thing is, if you do internalize, like it just, it wrecks you. Right. And it's, and it takes effort to do that. It takes effort to, like you're saying, to stop and like reflect, like, what am I doing actually here? And it takes more effort to do that than to just internalize and then spiral. Yeah. That's almost easier. That's easy. Well, like and, I said, and negativity it's comes easier to yeah. you. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. Positivity takes work. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're blowing my mind with this. I feel like I can talk, <laughs> I feel like I can talk to you for six hours, but I want to, I want to move on a little bit just to like the, 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 um, the publishing and the editing mm -hmm. and, the, and the monetary side of that. And like you're on Amazon, right? Yes. On Amazon and you yeah. sell directly. So if I came to your house or wrote you on Instagram, I could, I could pick up a book. Yeah. So can you touch on that? Like, so you're the writer and the author. Yes. And you, you pay someone to edit, you pay someone to publish yes. or, or I, you, just walk us through that process. I'm mm -hmm. the writer um, and the publisher. So I'm an independent publisher and I own okay. a small independent com publishing company called Infinity Road Publishing House. Um, so, which you'll find a lot of small independent companies, right? You just want to put sort of like a brand to what you're writing. So that's what I've, what I've done. The process is, is pretty straightforward. A lot of people would, would ask me, um, what they need to do to write a book and they'll ask mm -hmm. for all the steps and this, this, this and that. And my advice is write the book first and then right. worry about it. Right? <laughs> yes. That's that's what I did with how to make a monster. I just wrote it. I didn't even think about putting it out until I got to a point where it was like, okay, I have these stories. I can do this. I'm going to put them out. Um, Amazon, I know Amazon doesn't have the best um, reputation all the time in terms yeah. of like human rights and things of, of that nature. But it has really been um, a blessing for me because the self-publishing um, aspect of it is pretty simple. You have a book. Um, and I recommend everybody pay for an editor because there's a lot of self-published authors out there. They don't have editors. They don't have people that will mm -hmm. that will tell them that they have plot holes and things of that nature. And you can tell in the work when somebody right. hasn't had it edited, right? So I'm fortunate to have a, a great editor um, um, named Ali who goes through all of my work, um, who isn't afraid to criticize me or call me out because right. that's that's an important thing. Just like with your mental health there should be people that are checking you and telling you what, what you're doing, whether or not right. it is kosher or not, whether it's right or wrong. Um, so an editor is that sort of person. Like um, if I was to write something that would be offensive to mothers, right? I, I want somebody to tell me that I, I may not have that correct. perspective. Exactly. Right. right? Um, I wrote this book called um, 2222. It's about basically going back in time and, um, getting Adolf Hitler to come to the future and save the world. That's, that's the concept of it. Okay. <laughs> so it, it started out, super cool, it man. started out with, um, with a concept where I had these characters from like a, a time travel force in the future who were going back and like kidnapping all of, of history's evil people like Mussolini, Hitler, mm -hmm. they would just get kidnapped as children so that the future wouldn't have to deal with their evils. And my editor was like, well, are you saying that every kidnapped child is potentially going to be evil? So it's, it's not something mm -hmm. that I ever thought about, but what if somebody who has, Took it that way. has right. dealt with kidnapping? And I'm not somebody that's oversensitive because there are things in, in these books where they may rub you the wrong way. And that's intentional because I, I don't want everything to be fluffy and sugar-coated. I want people to think about the, the deep and dark parts of life, right? <clears throat> but you don't want to write something that is 
unnecessarily offensive. Or I'm a big right. fan of controversy, to right. be honest. See, controversy, I, sometimes yeah, you know, it's necessary, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not running away from it. But if my editor points out something that's like, um, that's, that's super vulgar or super, that, that could just bring me more issues than it's worth, then I'll take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. That's why an editor, editor yeah. exa- that's why an editor is super mm-hmm. important. So yeah, with, um, you were asking about, um, Amazon with, they worked with a company called Kindle Direct Publishing. That's so basically, it, yeah. You, you have your manuscript, you can upload it and you can publish it within a matter of days. They'll go over the work. Wow, um, that's crazy. And yeah, that's why you'll see a lot of people self-publishing. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, like, if you had any advice for, you know, our audience that's, you know, watching today and wanting to, you know, write their book or get it out there, like, what would, what would be a piece of advice you'd share with them? Don't rush. That okay. would be my advice. My start writing, but don't rush. Exactly. Yeah. Start writing because as soon as you start writing, you want to publish. That's yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah, you exactly. want everybody to read exactly what you wrote last night, right? right yeah. And I've seen and I talk to a lot of authors, and I've seen people. I have honest conversations. If the, if I read an author's work um, and I don't love it, I'll I'll let them know, right? I'll let them know. And there was an author I recently spoke to. And you could tell there was a lot of, of mistakes in their work. There was a lot of, of things that could have been improved, plot holes. And they were just in a rush, right? And I found that so many authors are in a rush to put out their stuff the next day. And then they regret it for years after, or they have to go back and re-edit. And I've see, I see it all the time on Instagram. Oh, um, I published this book two years ago. I was kind of in a rush. And now I have to go back. Apologies for all the mistakes. I'm going to go fix it. I don't want to ever have to do that, right? So right. I made sure that I had an editor. I made sure that I had all the, the, the proper protocol in place to make sure that I put out a quality product. And that's what exactly. it is. Because even if somebody doesn't like the content that I'm putting out, you may not like a story, right? You, you watch a horror movie or you watch any kind of movie. You may not love the movie, but you could still appreciate that it was written mm-hmm. well. You could still appreciate that people put the time and effort into it. It might not be for you, mm-hmm. but I feel like if anybody reads my books and... I, I've seen a lot of reviews of my books. I've never had a review that has said that it's poorly written or it's poorly edited or poorly put together because mm-hmm. um, because I just want to make sure that even if you don't like the story, you know that I tried my hardest to put a quality product. You know, out. you tried your hardest, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the and authors know when they're rushing. They know when they're rushing, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. feel it when it's too late because there is it's human nature. You're mm-hmm. excited, you want to put everything out there, but right. take your time. Make sure you have the right story. Make sure you have your editing properly because that's the biggest thing. Um, um, bad grammar in there. Exactly. I read a book with bad grammar and it was like a very reputable guy. I'm like, how did you let this happen? Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, maybe you have too much money to care now, but like... Would you go back to that author? Like, Yes. Okay. Yes. He's, he's the... He's, I'm not going to say the name, but he's the one that got me into where I'm at right now. I okay. mean, in, in terms of my interests... But it was just, I just, it just threw me off guard for like who he was. I was like, man, there's somebody. Right. <laughs> it was good information. The book was great, but yeah. it was just, I, I noticed some spelling mistakes and grammar and some yeah. periods missing and stuff. Yeah. I do have a few like rapid fire questions I want to ask you. But sure. No, go ahead. And go for it. Um, just quickly, you don't have to get into too much detail, but does it cost you roughly the same to, to publish and edit each book? And do you charge the same? And and why? Or why not? So with independent publishing. Um, you'll notice that a lot of independent publishers will publish smaller books. Like this is. Um, a novella. This is like basically a hundred and I think 10 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Um, compare that to this book, which is a collection of stories and you'll see the size difference, right? right? This is idiotic. This isn't going to make you a lot of money. If you're an independent <laughs> publisher, 
this isn't going to make you a lot of money because each of these books is going to cost you like $7 to print. You're going to have to charge uh, like at least 20 bucks uh, if you want to make 2 or $3 on every right. sale on Amazon, right? So you'll see a lot of independent publishers writing smaller fiction. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote this because I know there's going to be um, my readers are going to appreciate it. Impact. So, I, exactly, there's going to be impact. And when people read the smaller ones, they're going to be drawn to this eventually. Right. But it's never going to be a moneymaker for me. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, in terms of if you're trying to make money with your books, um, keeping the printing price reasonable so that you can increase your profit margin when everything is said and done is super important. So, that's why you'll see a lot of smaller books out there. Right. Um, also, there's a, there's a thing with, a, with attention spans, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want yeah, to yeah, read yeah. a file. 500 page book right Right. so you have to keep that in mind and um basically when you're an independent author you have to think about that you have to think about which books will allow you to get the most profit and you have to think about how you can consistently bring um readers back captivate attention if you're if you're one of those people that and this is not me putting anybody down but if you only have one story in you or two stories in you Try and, and push that in uh, traditional publishing. Do your best to go find a traditional market and, and, and find uh, an agent, a representative, somebody that will put you out to a, a traditional um, publisher, and you can push that one or two, those one or two books for the rest of your life. But as an independent author, you almost constantly have to be putting out stuff. Right. And like I said, the pandemic helped it, it helped it allow me to write several books, mm. and I've set myself up so my goal is to release two to three things every year. Amazing. Two or nice. three stories every year. Man, I have so much to say and ask right. you. Um, yeah. I don't know if you got anything. I, I, could, I could keep this conversation going for three hours. Oh, on, on your topic. For like, sure. We also, I know me and you have had this conversation where like, we don't want our podcast to be too long because I'm someone who will sit and watch someone for two hours because intentionally I'm, I'm in there for mm-hmm. two hours. I know I want to take something out, but you're right. Attention spans are a big thing. So something yeah, we, especially we have to keep in mind. We have to keep yeah. in mind ourselves, right? Um, I had a question and then I lost my thought, but I do, I do want to know what are your plans for like the future? Mm-hmm. Um, any more books? Do you want to continue writing forever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my plan is to one day die in front of my computer in the middle of writing a book. That's, that's okay. how it's going that's to be. It's Hopefully gonna be. it's, it'll be when I'm like in my eighties, but I plan to write until I die because this, like I mentioned, I was struggling with a lot of things and I, I don't, I've never used the word happy to describe myself until 2020, 2020, or maybe 2021. <laughs> like, it took a long time, and what was making me happy was finding this, this purpose, right? Like, it's, it's, it helps me that I found readers, that people will reach out to me, that people are buying my books on a regular basis. But just waking up and knowing I have a story to tell, knowing I have a goal, knowing that um, I'm reaching people. Like I've made people cry. People have messaged me like your book has Powerful, made me cry. Man. And it's just like, that's, that's awesome. And now my goal is to make Job everybody well cry. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, this is the only thing that has brought me genuine joy in my life. So I can't right. picture myself doing anything else. Obviously, I want to expand on, on this. I want to um, start making graphic novels. The second thing I ever wanted to be in life was a comic book um, artist and um, writer. So you'll see a lot of my books have, all, actually, all of my books except for Viral Lives includes some sort of artwork. So artwork and, com- right. and, and comics are sort of a big motivating factor. So I want to branch into graphic novels. Eventually, I'd like to have some of these adop- adapted into television or movies. But it's a grind. It's going to take a long time, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge.
and and that, that's the whole point to like our show too like in motivating our audience to look at the journey where you start mm-hmm. have that goal have that future prospect right and good things are going to happen like good things are happening for you right now and yeah and you know like you say you wrote eight books and you still have goals right yeah. so this is something we touch on mm-hmm. is like raising the bar and raising the bar and raising the bar for yourself right you like eight books a lot of people would be like man i've written eight books i'm you know i'm accomplished mm-hmm. but now you have you know you want there's another level that you want to reach which right. is which is huge you just you got to keep setting that bar keep going yeah, it's actually yeah. something i wanted to mention in terms of writing eight books now one thing that um i've noticed with a lot of independent authors is that they'll write a couple of books and then their new book is their priority but they'll forget about everything else so None of my books, I don't want to leave any of my books behind. So I'm actually going to be taking a bit of a break from publishing new stuff so that I can focus on marketing the other stuff. I want to be doing more podcasts. I want to be um, getting my my books that are already existing out there to to other people because new is always exciting. New is always super exciting. Mm -hmm. But these books are new to the majority of the world, right? So I want these books to reach more people. So I'm still writing. I'm still going to be publishing. I'll be releasing new stuff uh, next summer. But I want to spend the time between now and then really pushing and marketing these books. That's great. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing with business too. Like It evolves. It, it changes, right? Like you're taking a pivot, but doing what you love is not stopping. You're only continuing in that, and now you're going to take another turn to build this brand and get it out there more to have a bigger reach. That's amazing. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. You're either growing yourself or you're growing the the business, right? So it's, it's like a, it's like an ever evolving circle. Oh, and that, that, that brings me to something else. You asked, um, my advice, um, my advice is to be genuine because, um, Mm -hmm. when you are, when you are an independent author, when you're put, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're doing anything that's in the public sphere, you are your business. Mm -hmm. You are, People aren't just interested in, in reading a book. They're also interested in the author. So you have to sort of put yourself out there and you have to be honest because people mm-hmm. can, can sniff out bullshit for the most part. Some people can oh, yeah. get away with being bullshitters. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people want to know that they're investing in a genuine person because you see it all the time. And I hate to use the word canceled or cancel culture, mm-hmm. but people find out that, that the authors or the people that they looked up to are shady. Um, and then they don't want anything to do with those people anymore. So it's, it's very important to present who you are. And even if you aren't the nicest person on earth, or even if you don't have views that, that, that coincide with everybody, right. be true to, to who you are. And people mm-hmm. will, will gravitate towards that, right? The like, right people will gravitate towards exactly. that. That's a, exactly. Right? And that's the key. That's in everything. Well, yeah. For sure. Like, like, you, be, you be true. You tell your truth. You, you don't try and be someone else, you mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe a slower growth. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a natural and organic growth. Exactly. Right? And um, I don't know this is this has been great. And, they, yes. and you know, it's so easy to publish books now. I think on Amazon, like not yeah. easy. Not no, easy. I don't, it, I don't use, you want to know? Wanna, it, it's pretty. But does but does that because this is something else I, I heard recently? Does that, in your opinion, make a lot of books out there just BS? People want to make money. Exactly. They're rushing, rushing. Just like, maybe maybe this will hit. You know, I can make 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 this money just for writing. And I feel like the books written in the older days were written to help people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there aren't anymore, but I feel like you got to weed through more bullshit to find the, the books that yeah. are not just written to make a buck. Exactly. Right? Because it's so easy. Well, and then that's the thing, like you can tell who's chasing the dollar mm-hmm. and who's trying to put a message out. Exactly. Big difference. And the reader will know that, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when I said it's, it is, it is easy to publish because literally you can put together a hundred pages of, of garden <laughs> and you put a cover yeah. on it and yeah. 
and Amazon will publish it because they're they're I, they're going to either make money or it's or they're going to be indifferent because they're not going to lose money from it, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not stopping anybody from publishing. I don't want to say garbage because people do put effort, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who put things out there that could be better, that could <laughs> right. be a lot better, right? So it's easy to do that. It's difficult to to go through the process of reading your book 10, 20 times, going over it and over it again, even after your editor has read it, right? Like I may, I pay my editor to read my books twice. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go through everything, send it to, mm. send it to her. You care. She'll send it back. I'll read yeah. it a few more times. She'll read it again. Sometimes I'll, I'll pay her extra to go through it another time. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a process of, of, of going through everything to make sure that things are done correctly. That's the difficult part. Doing it is easy. Making sure it's done correctly is the difficult part. Having the quality. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to do this, Lorenzo, wrap it up. I'm good. We're going to bring oh, you back. Man. We're going to bring okay. you back. Um, oh, well, definitely. So, you know what? The biggest thing for us is to th- say thank you for being on the show today, like, and sharing your, you know, your story and also your passion and what you're, what you're putting out there. But for our audience, how can they reach you? Like, what's the best way if they want to order a book from you? Tell, tell the audience how they can get in touch outlets. with you. Yeah. yeah, most of my books you can order um, on Amazon. So just look up uh, Felix Demaro, D-I-M-A-R-O. Um, and you, my books will pop up. If not, you can yeah. also go to thingsthatkeepmeupatnight.com. Nice. Or you could find me on Instagram or Facebook at, um, at thingsthatkeepmeupatnight. That's great. Yeah. No, this is this has been great. Um, yeah, I have I have so many more questions. <laughs> we just don't have time. So. <laughs> we're we're gonna so do a part two awesome. at one point. Yeah, yeah, but awesome. um, stick okay. around, guys. Quickly, we're gonna do the daily dose as always. We hope you enjoyed this. This is this is. I've learned a lot about you, and you're already Definitely. a friend of mine. So yeah. this is this is cool. Um, was, I'm I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we got to do this. This was fun. Thanks guys. for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, here's your daily dose, guys. From our uh, guest that we had today was Felix. What an amazing author. And the daily dose for this episode goes like this. From William Faulkner, if a story is in you, it has to come out. And just like we saw with Felix, that was his channel to speak about his truth. And that's what you guys got to be doing too. Speak your truth. If you have a story, get it out there, whatever platform you're using.